the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm Jack Windsor, filling in for Bruce Hooley, and uh, I'm going to do something now that I don't do very often. Uh, I'm going to read kind of cold through an article. It's not even an article. It's an op-ed, and I want to confront that. By the way, it's it's written by Michael Douglas, who apparently is a former um, editor, opinion editor at the Columbus Dispatch. And uh, I spent some time two segments ago going over the beginning of the letter to the editor or the op-ed, whatever you want to call it. And by the way, uh, liberals are spreading this like wildfire online, acting as if an opinion editorial (laughs) is hard news. Now, facts are vetted. In, In news stories, you have information, you check your information, you verify it. You have sources, you, you get, you, you double check your sources, you usually get, you know, two sources of information for every fact that you put forward entirely different process than an op-ed, but, um, you know, they roll out this former editor and, and he's calling Mike DeWine's ad on issue one, a lie. And of course, everybody on, on social media is sharing it like wildfire and saying, see, see, I told you so. Um, so we're going to, we're going to just walk through this and, uh, because it's important, it's important to be able, I mean, here we go. I'm going to even before I even say what I was about to say, I'm going to read it from Michael Douglas's own words. He said, engage in thoughtful discussion about issues that matter to Ohio. Let's do it. And Michael, if you're listening, I doubt that you are. Uh, give us a call. I'd love to talk live with you about this uh, opinion that you um, have had published in the Columbus Dispatch. This part of the ad alludes to late-term abortions, yet such procedures are exceedingly rare. Less than 1% of all abortions and usually involve tragic circumstances for women or fetus or both. Uh, So two pieces to that. First of all, they're not extremely rare. 50,000 abortions a a year are done late. 10,000 of them after 20 weeks. That's what we know. And I will remind you that there have been places like Philadelphia, where Dr. Kermit Gosnell was murdering late-term babies on the daily. Um, so I want to tackle that. And then the other issue is, well, they're exceedingly rare, and they're done in tragic circumstances. Actually, they're not. Um, even Ohio's abortion doctor uh, in, in Dayton says that 80% of his late-term abortions are elective. The other 20% are to avoid genetic disorders. And by the way, if this amendment passes, that law that says that you cannot abort, if you cannot base an abortion decision on whether or not your kid's going to have Down syndrome, that law goes by the wayside. Okay, so um, 
Did you get that, Michael? Uh, what you're saying is false. Uh, Fran then warns also falsely that issue one would deny parents the right to be involved when their daughter is making the most important decision of her life. The proposed amendment says nothing about restricting parental rights, let alone carving an exception from current limits on the rights of minors. Ohio has a typical parental consent law regarding abortion requiring minors to get the approval of parents with an essential outlet for judicial intervention in extreme situations. Um, so the the judicial exception is a Roe-era law or standard, and Dave Yost, in his legal opinion on issue one, which you should read at the Ohio Attorney General site, says this law goes further than Roe. So um, parental-wise, there's, there's, there is absolutely belief that this could go further, but here's what Dave Yost said that uh, Michael Douglas didn't want to say. There's no guarantee that a parental consent law will stand. So there's no guarantee. You can't say that, Michael Douglas, without calling into question your claim that parental consent laws will stand. I also want to remind you that in the United States Constitution, I I don't read anything about abortion, trans care, or reproductive health. And with respect to abortion, how then, riddle me this, Michael Douglas, how did we live under Roe v. Wade for five decades? There's nothing in the United States Constitution. So, I mean, again, another red herring straw man argument that if it's not explicitly stated in the amendment, then it doesn't apply. Wrong. Actually, if it's not explicitly stated in the amendment, it's up to interpretation of courts. So let's go back to that. If the word individual, which is in the amendment, is interpreted to include minors, then guess what? What Fran said is true. Minors will be able to abort. Because a court would then be handcuffed and required to rule that that individual has a right to that reproductive health decision, which is an abortion, or in some cases, puberty blockers or hormones or mutilation of private parts, whatever you, whatever it is. So it, it depends on the interpretation of the word individual. Now tell me that given all of the court's throughout the state of Ohio, that there isn't a liberal judge somewhere that won't interpret individual to mean minor. Uh, I would also remind you that if you take your kid to a hospital at about 12 years of age, uh, if you want the full medical record, your child has to consent to your having that. So the, the camel's nose is already under the tent with respect to minors having the right to protect their medical information. Okay, so if, if we're going to have... Honest and open dialogue, Michael Douglas. Let's have it. Uh, that arrangement has been part of... I'm going back to the story. Actually, the, the op-ed. That arrangement has been part of the legal framework for decades. It is hard to see it changing. Is it? Is it hard to see it changing? Uh, Michigan faced similar claims when voters there secured reproductive rights. Today, parental consent laws still stand. Um, that's actually a half-truth. Uh, Gov- Governor Gretchen Whitmer has called parents' rights unconstitutional under the passage of Proposition 3, which is a little different in Michigan. Um, I mean, the amendment is very similar. And by the way, Michigan is in the process of tearing down parental consent laws and abortion restriction laws. And they have a Democratic legislature. So that's going to happen. Now in Ohio, Issue 1 is self-executing, which means that when it passes, it's self-executing. It is the supreme law of the land. So if a judge says that word mean that it word individual means minor, then minors can abort and you cannot burden that minor. Meaning 
you cannot intervene or try to change that person's mind. Next in the ad, DeWine acknowledges that Ohioans are divided on the issue of abortion. He then portrays the proposal as extreme, arguing whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, issue one is just not right for Ohio. Fran echoes the contention, issue one just goes too far. Recall that issue one reflects the consensus of 50 years before the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in 2022. It would restore the effective compromise, reproductive rights secured until viability, the public interest in protecting life, then entering the equation. So Roe v. Wade didn't make abortion illegal. Roe v. Wade said it's a state's rights issue, uh, I think probably contingent upon the 10th Amendment. And this goes further than Roe. Dave Yost said that. I didn't. Because in the proposal, it states that a doctor can perform an abortion after viability for the life of the mother and the health of the mother. And that decision cannot be burdened. Burdened is not defined in the amendment, so that will have to be defined by the courts. And guess what? It is overly burdensome for parents. That's been ruled before. So is it a burden for parents to be involved? Yes, it is. That's a lower standard. So um, life and health are reasons to abort later in pregnancy. Health is not defined in the amendment. What does that mean? It means that the courts will interpret the health of the mother. And the Supreme Court has already done that. Mental health is one of those reasons. And show me where mental health empirically can be judged to be good, bad, or indifferent. You can't. It's subjective. So mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual, you name it. Uh, Michael Douglas, nice try, buddy. Mike DeWine didn't lie. The Columbus Dispatch wheeled you out of the closet and uh, you wrote something that liberals are sharing far and wide that is just not true. Hey, uh, stay tuned for the final segment of The Bruce Willis Show. More to come. Step aside, Hillary. Joe Biden may become king of email scandals as new stash alarms investigators. John Solomon over at Just the News published a report yesterday. Is there a mountain of evidence? You be the judge. More than 82,000 private emails authored by Joe Biden under different names and located by the National Archives could be a boon to Biden investigators and to a public with a right to know what its leaders have said and done. So the National Archives stunning admission that it has located 82,000 pages of potentially government related emails from Joe Biden's pseudonym private accounts not only threatens to supplant Hillary Clinton in the annals of email scandals, it could also provide a boon to what James Comer and Jim Jordan are doing in the House Government Oversight Committee and the House Judiciary Committee. Now, we're working to get Jim Jordan on later this week and uh, to get him regularly scheduled here. And we'll ask him about that. Last week, uh, when I heard him on an interview, he hinted that there 
maybe something coming down the pike tomorrow, Wednesday. So I'm wondering if this is part of it. Now, the admission from National Archives came as part of a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit brought by the nonprofit Southeastern Legal Foundation. And uh, Representative Scott Perry, he's a Republican from Pennsylvania, said, we are duty-bound to make sure that everybody's following the law here. And it sure looks like that's questionable at this moment. Now, he's a member of the House Oversight Committee. And again, they're conducting the Biden impeachment inquiry right now. And uh, let's see, what could be in there? Um, Well, it looks like there was an email. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, November 2014, Joe Biden forwarded to Hunter Biden an email containing an early heads up from the U.S. Embassy in Istanbul, Turkey, was about to release an American prisoner named Martin O'Connor. So in 2014, Joe Biden, under pseudonym Robin Ware, forwarded an email and Hunter Biden got it. Was Hunter Biden a special envoy to Turkey? No. Is he an ambassador? No. Did he have any official government position? No. Is that national security? Sure seems like it. Uh, And then in May of 2016, Biden's vice presidential staff sent an email to Joe Biden's private account and copied who? The first son. He wasn't the first son then. He was the son of the then vice president. Hunter Biden alerting the future first son that his father was having a phone briefing with Petro Poroshenko. Does that name ring a bell? Petro Poroshenko? Well, he was the president of Ukraine. And what do we know about Ukraine in 2016? Well, Hunter Biden had substantial business with the energy firm there, Burisma Holdings. And you may remember, there's a video that has surfaced of Joe Biden saying, against what documents now show, was the official United States position on Ukraine, that they were going to give them a $1 billion loan guarantee because they appear to have been cleaning up their act. Well, Joe Biden is on stage saying, I told him, look, you either get rid of this investigator or we're going to withhold the guarantee. And I'll be darned, guess what? (laughs) They got rid of the investigator. Uh, By the way, the investigator was investigating I'll give you one guess. Starts with B and ends with A, uh, and Arisma is in the middle. Holdings. Where Hunter Biden was a board member because, you know, he had all of that expansive energy policy experience and international relations experience um, while he was doing crack and ordering hookers, I'm sure. Uh, the email reads, Boss, 8.45 a.m. prep for a 9 a.m. phone call with President Poroshenko. Then we're off to Rhode Island for infrastructure event and then Wilmington for Udell commencement. The staffer wrote, then Vice President, Nate, we'll have your draft remarks delivered later tonight or with your press clips in the morning. And of course, Hunter Biden was copied on that email. Um, Those are just a couple of emails. And if you remember correctly, um, I think Hillary Clinton had, I don't know, somewhere in the ballpark of 30,000 to 52,000 emails. So 82,000 is certainly above that. Um, so 
the news revealed that Joe Biden had accounts such as RobinWare456 at gmail.com, JRBWare, W-A-R-E at gmail.com, Robert L. Peters at PCI.gov during the time he served as Barack Obama's vice president. Um, the status report filed in federal court in Atlanta was the first to provide an estimate of the size and scope of possible government business conducted through Joe Biden's private email accounts. And my understanding of the reading of quick reading of the case and the filing is that in rare exceptions, our government officials allowed to use private government email accounts in order to conduct business. Um, 82,000 doesn't seem very rare. It actually seems very frequent. I wonder what that number is. If you divided the number of days that he was in office by 82,000, I bet that's like what 30 or so emails a day. That, that seems like a habit. That doesn't seem like something that's infrequent. So we will stay on top of the Joe Biden email scandal, um, but he looks like he's going to handsomely eclipse Hillary Clinton as the number one for sending and receiving email messages on private servers and using email accounts with pseudonyms and sharing them with his son, Hunter, who uh, apparently um, had the same privileges uh, high-level government officials. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, it's been a doozy. We talked about Educate Ohio Action Fund. Who are they? What are they doing? Well, they're a group that got $150,000 from Educators for Ohio Super PAC, and they've been spending it on over 100 ads on Facebook to attack candidates for school boards all around the state of Ohio. We heard from one of them, Kate LeMaster, She's running for Hilliard City School Board. Thank you, Kate, for joining us today. And then we heard from Ralph Case and uh, Jason Mowry. And I've got to get my notes because I think Jason was – where was Jason from? Uh, Miamisburg. And then Ralph Case was uh, Plain Township. And then we had a great call in from Ruth Edmonds. You know, um, as a former athlete, my dad was a coach. I coached a little bit. Sometimes you judge people who are superstars by how do they handle adversity and being able to talk to Ruth Edmonds today and share with her the comments from Educate Ohio that she is uh, sowing seeds of race, racial divisiveness and trying to whitewash history as a black woman. Um, not only is it comical, it's, it's actually pretty disgusting. But the way that Ruth Edmonds has handled herself, uh, if you haven't listened to that interview, go back and listen to it. She said, we're winning. We're winning. That's why they're attacking us. And we're going to continue to go forward and we're going to continue to win. Uh, it's, it's just like an athlete who gets, you know, kind of a punch in the gut and then continues to move forward like a champion. And Ruth Edmonds is moving forward like a champion. Hey, uh, thank you again for tuning in to the Bruce Hooley Show today. I'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll have Congressman Warren Davidson at 1135, U.S. Senator J.D. Vance at 1235. You won't want to miss a moment. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.